1: Grace and peace to you, and welcome to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Now, this is a church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. And today we continue in the series in the book of 1 Corinthians. Today we're in chapter 9. Pastor Sean reminds us that, like it or not, life is moving pretty fast, like we're all in a race. So in this race, are you running for fame, or power, money, or something else this world offers? Well, if you picked any one of those, well, none of those will last. Sean has a special message for you on keeping your eye on the real prize. Reachingforreallife.org has this full message, sermon notes, and series available for free. If you feel led to bless this listener-supported radio ministry, then please do today. There's a place to give at Reachingforreallife.org. Today it's part two of the message called Learning to Win. Pastor Sean is teaching from 1 Corinthians chapter 9. It's time for Reaching for Real Life Radio.
2: People are perishing without the gospel. 2 Peter 3 9 and 10 says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient towards you. Listen, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. That's what Peter's saying. He's not, he's not being overly dramatic. And he goes on and says, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief and then the heavens will pass away with a roar and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved and the earth and the works that are are done on it will be exposed. See, this isn't a game. Life here doesn't go on forever. I'm sitting in that funeral this last week going, man, it just happens and a person's not here anymore. And whether... It's something like that that we see so tragic or something we just go, well, it's an accident and on the way home, someone loses their life in a car accident or whether someone gets sick and they leave too early. Whatever it is, life here doesn't go on forever. And we need to understand, that's what Paul's talking about. There there are perishable awards and, and achievements and prizes and wreaths that we can earn. But there's an imperishable one. And if we really believe what we say about the gospel... We've got to understand it's a matter of life and death. That's the truth. Jesus in Matthew five, twenty-seven through thirty. I remember what Jesus said? You've heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery, but I tell you, anyone who looks on a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. You think Jesus is just being dramatic? He's making a point of how serious this is. If your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off, throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. See, Jesus is serious about hell, eternal separation. Our mission, the mission of the gospel, is a life saving mission. That's what it is. And and I want to say, Paul tells us something. He uses two phrases in verse 23 and then 27. He talks about that I may share. I do what I do that I may share in the blessings of the gospel. And and in 27 he says, lest I myself, I beat my body, I discipline myself, lest I myself be disqualified. Interesting thing. It all begins with what is the gospel to me? How's the gospel doing in my life? How am I doing at living grace, forgiveness, peace, Fullness of the Spirit. See, the greatest—if you want to make you want to make sharing the gospel easy, live the gospel. Live the gospel. You know, Peter writes, "Be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks you the reason of the hope that is in you." When people see Jesus, they see the gospel in you. Do you know they're going to start asking? When they find out you're a believer. Might, they might not write there, oh, you're a believer, and fall down on their knees and, you know, lead me to Jesus. Okay, I haven't had it really work that way. But I have had people, as they watch my life, they watch my family's life, they hang around maybe this fellowship, some of my friends, and they just enter into our lives. I have had them say, man, I don't know what it is. I don't understand it fully, but I want That. Because see, people are hungry for life, for peace, for love, for grace. And I've had lots of people say, I don't know what it is about y'all, but I want that. And that's what Peter's talking about. Be ready always to give an answer when someone says that. See, the question is, how real is the gospel to me? Can people see the life of Jesus in me? You're in a race. Make sure you're in it to win it. Second thing I think we can draw from this is you can't win a prize you can't see. Paul talks about this prize as though he can see it crystal clear. I don't think you can win a prize that you can't see. What is a win when it comes to the gospel? What is the prize? I think Paul paints this vision of life change. That's what I think the prize is. It's my life being transformed by the gospel and as many other people as I can drag with me. And see their lives transformed by the gospel. That is the prize. That's the win. It is a vision of life change. That's the prize. In John 10.10, I I love this verse. It's an important verse to us. The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. We've paraphrased paraphrased that. That's where real life comes from. I came that they might have real life. Real life is found only in Jesus Christ, the life we were created for came that they might have life and have it abundantly. Real life. Our mission statement is this. I think we got it on a, str- a slide here. More people living real life by passionately following Jesus. Take a look at that. See, that's what we exist for. It has, it's quantitative. More people. You know, I've had people ask me before, when you're kind of in a growing church and you're in a large church, people will, how big is big enough? And my answer is always the same. When every person is saved, that's big enough. And until then, it's not big enough. And again, I know what they mean. We're not committed just to growing some huge, monolithic church here. We want to plant churches. We're planting another one. We've planted two before. We're planting another one here with Ryan and Rachel, Landmark Church. So we're committed to multiplication. But we want to do whatever we can do to see more people. And it's, 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 so it's quantitative, but it's also qualitative. More people living real life. Living that abundant life that Jesus made them for by passionately following him. That's our mission. That's really just our way of saying, yeah, we make disciples. (laughs) We make disciples, but it gives us an opportunity to explain that in 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 a way people will understand. More people living real life by passionately following Jesus. Everything we do around here is about that. See, Jesus could see the prize Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews tells us, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. What was the joy set before him? It was the prize. It was our salvation. It was life change. We get a glimpse of that in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36 through 38. We're told when he, Jesus, saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. So all these people were falling around, and look what he says. He had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, and it's like all of a sudden he starts casting vision. He wants them to see it. I can almost see him. His disciples are there, and I can almost see him him kind of pointing them out. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. In Luke, he says that, Luke chapter 10, he says those words, and then he says, you go. In other words, be the answer to your own prayer pray that the lord would send workers into the harvest but that picture of him looking at them and having compassion they were harassed and helpless i got to tell you sometimes i look at the stuff that's going on in our world and far too often my first response isn't compassion but it's maybe anger it's frustration what are these people thinking are they out of their minds how do they think that would work that's not sustainable are you you think that's going to help and I find myself frustrated and getting all wrapped up. Instead of like Jesus, he sees that. And he had compassion because they're harassed. They're helpless. They're like sheep without a shepherd. We see cities burning, exploding, riots and things. And we, we get angry. And I understand, I understand that. We want to see good things for everybody. And we know that's not the way to get it. But Jesus looks from a position of compassion. He knows the same thing, by the way. He wants good things for them, and he knows that's not the way to get it. But he has compassion. Lord, give me, when I see people who are broken, hurting, and lost, give me compassion. Not judgment, not frustration, not intolerance, impatience. Give me compassion. Help me to see like you see, Jesus. Jesus. Let that change me. See, that's where the passion of the gospel is. That's why, that's why Paul's sitting there saying, I don't care who it is. The Jews, I'll become like a Jew. Well, you are a Jew. Yeah, but I'm a Jew kind of non-gratis because I abandon the religious way. Those under the law become like them. But Paul, you said we're not under the law. Doesn't matter. I will become. I will speak their language. I will listen to them. I will walk alongside of them if that's what it takes. Those who are outside of the law, yep, I'll do the same thing. To the weak, Sure anything that i might be used by god to see some come to him see jesus is looking at those crowds helpless harassed without shepherd and imagine what he said about abundant life the thief comes to steal kill and destroy i can i can just see him looking at that going that's what the thief does i came to bring abundant life and this isn't it tells his disciples look look at the field man it's white harvest is ready
1: And we'd like to take a quick minute to remind you you're listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Nazaro, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church in this message called Learning to Win. It's in the series on Unity called One, which is available right now on the sermon page at reachingforreallife.org. And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, your gift of any amount helps this radio ministry continue to help others. Please find that Donate tab at reachingforreallife.org. And in fact, your gift of any amount will get you the latest book from Pastor Sean Azar. This is Reaching for Real Life Radio.
2: In Ephesians 4, 20-24, Paul talks about, he says, that, however, is not the way of life you learned. He's talking about a sinful way of life. He says, that's that's not the way you learned. When you heard about Christ and were taught in Him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitudes of your mind and put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. See, the prize is life change. My life change and life change in people around us. And then Paul goes on to give some specifics of the new life in contrast to the old life in Ephesians 4. Let me just ask you, what does life change look like to you? Think about it. What does life change? If you think about the gospel, think about someone that you care about who is far from God. What does life change look like to you? Maybe it's just someone repenting and being forgiven, totally forgiven, and the tears of joy as the weight of sin is gone. Maybe it's just freedom from addiction, brokenness, fear, anger, bitterness. Maybe it's a change in, in family, change in, in work. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm working now with a purpose because I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm filled with the Spirit every single day. Do you have a vision for life change in the people around you? We listened to one of the talks from the Leadership Summit this uh, last year. We had a, a staff retreat this last week got away for a couple of days and just kind of worked on some issues. And one of the talks we looked at, again, was from Craig Rochelle. And he talked about when he was a youth pastor and how he brought a bunch of kids, and they, these kids were rough. They didn't belong in church, kind of. They didn't know what to do. And they sat in this dear, sweet old lady's seat. Her name was Fran. And he quoted an author who says that every church has guaranteed one mean old lady. It's kind of the law of the universe. And I said, we don't at River City. Nope. But he said, This lady Fran, she was she was kind of that lady, and she was mad those kids sat in her seat and she had a move. She told him that was her seat. And and he's like, Oh my gosh, I work so hard to get these kids here and And he went and he talked to her. And I love this. I've actually done this before with some folks regarding change in the context of a church. But he went to this lady. Friend, and and he said, Fran, do you have any grandkids? Yeah, how are they doing in faith? Oh, they're not following the Lord. Would you like to see that? Oh, I'd love to see that. What if your grandkids came to church and someone treated them like that? He said, That lady absolutely changed almost instantly. She started coming out to youth. She'd, she'd make the snacks. She'd give each kid, Greedy's kid, give him a hug. She, now they had, all of a sudden they had this 80-year-old youth sponsor, right, who, who is now serving the kids. What happened is she got a vision of life change. She all of a sudden saw them as someone who mattered because she saw them like her grandkids. She said, I want a church where my grandkids can find Jesus and be comfortable and can grow and become who God made them to be. He cast vision. What's your vision of life change? Who do you sit in your life and go, God, I want to see them saved? I'd do anything. Yeah, Sean, but they're, they're, they're a Democrat. <laughs> they're a Republican. I can't talk to them. I can't be seen with them. That would be ridiculous. Stop it. See the things? This, it, it, we laugh when you put it like that. And yet we let that stuff divide us all the time. Paul says, nope. No, I'm passionate about the gospel. We're in a race. The question is, are we in it to win it? It's the gospel. Our race involves taking as many people with us as we can. Last thing I want to point out, and I'll wrap up with this, And this is so important. When he compares it to an athletic endeavor, he's implying that winning takes training. Winning takes training. Remember what 24 through 27 said? Do you not know that all in a race, all runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control. He's talking about training discipline in all things they do it to receive a perishable wreath but we an imperishable so do not run aimlessly so i do not run aimlessly i do not box as one beating the air but i discipline my body i train my body and keep it under control lest after preaching others i myself should be disqualified see winning takes training what can we do to train to be more effective at sharing the gospel Well, one first thing that's so important, and this, by the way, is some of the heaviest lifting. Make sure the gospel has changed us. Make sure, one, that people can see Jesus. It doesn't mean perfection. Just make sure people can see Jesus in me. And make sure that I have seen Jesus work in me, in others, and that it's just a part of my life. Make sure that I've been changed by the gospel. Maybe you're here and you, you would say, you know what, I need to be changed by the gospel. I don't, I've, I've never asked Christ to forgive my sins. I've never let, his, let him forgive me and fill me with his spirit. I want to say you can this morning. It's actually quite simple. I'm not using the word easy surrendering your life to Jesus, I'm not going to call that easy. But it is fairly simple. And it is wonderful. Because it not, all of a sudden, because of his death on the cross, my sins can be forgiven and justice be satisfied. See, God is just. And that's why the cross was necessary. My sin incurred a death penalty. Jesus paid that death penalty on the cross. That's why the cross is such a big deal. When I become a follower of Jesus, when I am forgiven, it's because I accept that free gift of his death on my behalf. His death, paying the penalty for my sins. You can do that today. The beauty is it doesn't stop there. It's not just about the sins of the past. When that sin is dealt with, God, by his grace, gives me what I was created for. His Holy Spirit filling me. My spirit becomes alive in him because his spirit is in me. That's what salvation is. And with a prayer as simple as, Lord, please forgive me, I'm a sinner. I receive that free gift of your death on the cross for me. And I invite you to fill me and lead me now as my Lord and Savior. A prayer that simple will change your life. Scripture says you'll be a new creation. Receive him and make sure the gospel has transformed your life. Another thing, way we can train, we immerse ourselves in the gospel. And what that is, we talk about it all the time, it's the Word and prayer. Be a person who is in the Word and praying. See, as we take in the Word, as we begin to see how God sees, we begin to receive His Word, let His Spirit speak to us, and we pray, we interact with Him, it becomes more alive and real to us every day. And we begin to change how we see the world. You want to have compassion on the harassed and helpless? Be a person who's daily in the word and prayer and watch and see if his thoughts and attitudes don't start to absorb into you because his spirit is there to bring it to life. So immerse yourself in the gospel through prayer and the word. And the last training I think I want to encourage you in, and this is one that I think is kind of the rubber meets the road tough part for us. Start sharing what God has done. Start sharing what God has done for you. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to share the good news of what he has done for you? I would ask you this. um, What's your story of faith? What's your story of faith? Someone came and asked you, what's this Jesus thing? Okay, I'm interested. What's this Jesus thing about? What's your story? What would you tell them? What have you seen God do? How many of you are familiar with what an elevator speech? You know what an elevator speech is? Yeah, salespeople around, salespeople, networkers, business people. Elevator speech. It's a like a two minute speech. If you were in an elevator, someone says, Oh, what do you do? And you could just tell about your business, tell about what your deal is. What if we had a two minute elevator speech on what the gospel's done for us? If someone were interested, we could in a minute and a half, two minutes just say, Oh. Man, Jesus has changed my life. I was like this, but but let me tell you what happened when I met him and and all the things he's brought into my life. If we got to where, in just a few minutes, we could just bring that naturally into the relationship. Could we do that? I want to encourage you. Figure it out. Practice. Find a friend. Share it with them. Don't try to be super religious, don't try to be super theological, tell your story. And be prepared to tell people what Jesus has done for you. Here's a question, who are you praying for? Who in your life do you care about a lot that you want to see Jesus set free? You want to see, you're like, man, if Jesus could set them free, their life could be totally different, and I'd love to see that. Put together a list. In your community groups, put together a list and pray for you, pray for those people. And just share that. Watch and see what God does. If you learn to share just a little bit of your story of what God's done for you, okay? And you begin to pray specifically for people, see if God doesn't give you opportunities to share. This is what it means to be ready when they ask. Live it, pray. Be ready, and I'm telling you, you'll see God begin to start some action around you. See, that's the power of the gospel. I don't want to just say this world is messed up and the only hope is the gospel. I want to be one who brings the gospel to the messed up world. If the gospel is the hope of the world, how are we doing it, sharing it? That's what Paul is talking about. I'll do whatever it takes. Lord, thank you so much for your amazing grace. Thank you for the gift of the gospel. Lord, I pray for those here who maybe they, they admitted, yeah, I, I, I haven't ever accepted you as Savior. I pray right now, in this moment, they would be able just to reach out to you, just in their own heart, and acknowledge their sin. Lord, I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior. Please forgive me of my sin. Thank you for your death on the cross. I receive that gift. Fill me with your spirit, Lord, and begin to lead me. I want to be new, and I want to be yours every day. I will follow you, Jesus. And I thank you for my salvation. It's that simple. Our prayer, Lord, is for more people living real life by passionately following Jesus. Right now, we just pray for those people who came to our hearts today. Ones we thought of. Jesus, we are so thankful. We love you and we trust you. Help us to be in it, to win it, Lord. To Run the race set before us. And I pray that we would be able to see many people come to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you.
1: That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio. If you'd like to hear this full message in the series called One, it's available right now on demand at reachingforreallife.org. And we'd also love to hear from you on our contact us page or even better,